Hello and welcome. You are listening to the 1% Christian. This is the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's word and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that he's given us. My name is Pastor J.D. Ambrosio of Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. You can check us out at soh.church. As we continue through the Gospel of John, we're going to be in Chapter 8 today. Before we get going, download the Sound of Heaven app. You can go to soh.church. You can go to your uh, Apple Store. You can go to your Google Play Store. Just type in Sound of Heaven. There is a free digital Bible on there among many, many other great resources and teachings and articles. There's an online community, so you can chat with like-minded folks, ask questions, request prayers. It is awesome. And if you are listening on any of the platforms where you can get uh, podcasts, give a like, give a share, subscribe, set your notifications so you don't miss anything, leave comments. A lot of times people will try out new podcasts based upon the comments that they read. So you could be the reason why somebody dives into the Bible, which we are doing. And I appreciate from the bottom of my heart, all of the great feedback uh, that we've uh, been getting here, ready to continue now. I hope you are as well. So as a recap, John chapter eight starts out with the woman being dragged out in front of Jesus. Uh, We know the story. She's Uh, accused of adultery, which is punishable by death when proven. And they try to put Jesus on the spot. And what does Jesus do? He puts it right back on him. And he says, he who was without sin cast the first stone. And what do they do? They take their stones and go home. And what does Jesus do? He sends her on her way and goes right back to teaching. And in true Pharisee fashion, they go right back to disputing who he is disputing his message, disputing his motive. And Jesus is once again there, I wouldn't say defending himself, but just speaking truth and uh, being bold as to who he is, where he's from. And that's the thing when you are bold. But when you're bold and you're convicted in a good way, when when you speak with conviction about what you believe, it'll cause some people to lean in and say, maybe there's something about what him or her is saying. It's what we find in John 8, 30. It says that even as he spoke, many believed in him. Verse 31, to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Verse 32, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. Isn't that the truth, <laughs> right? We can get stuck in what we think is a lie, and then all of a sudden the truth gets revealed to us and it changes the course of our life. Now, they didn't understand, as we'll see here in a second, what he was saying. Let's just go right to the way they answered him. Verse 33 They answered him and said, We are Abraham's descendants, and we have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? So they still have the mindset of the physical. Now, what they say is actually comical, and we'll get to that in a second. But what we've hit on these past couple weeks is Jesus is trying to get them out of the mindset of the physical. Everything they did was physical, physical temple, physical sacrifice, physical, physical, physical. That was the old covenant. 
Jesus is trying to bring them into the spiritual. Again, he told Nicodemus, you must be born of water and born of spirit. Born physically, which all of us are because we're here living, breathing on planet Earth, but also be born of the spirit. And only God can do that through Jesus. But he's trying to explain to them that they can be set free. And they're saying, we're Abraham's descendants. We've never been slaves of anyone. Now, this is comical because, one, they know their history. And the Jewish people were slaves to Egypt. They were slaves to Babylon. They were slaves to Persia. Uh, You can go down the line. Every time they messed up, they would put themselves in precarious positions and they'd be conquered and they'd be enslaved and God would come and pull them out of it. Right. So they're saying we've never been slaves. Oh, and here's, here's the kicker. They're slaves to Rome as we speak, as they speak when this is being accounted for. What do I mean by that? Yes. They had a a King in Herod, which was a false King was a King that uh, Rome allowed and I like the way uh, there was a, a preacher from the late 1800s, early 1900s, somewhere in that time frame. His name was Alexander McLaren. And in his commentary, he wrote it like this. He says, as they say this, a Roman garrison was watching from the, from the castle into the temple courts. So they, they, had, they were living in an environment where Rome was basically over Jerusalem. And Rome dictated everything that they did from taxes to, to arguing with them about what they could do in their temple and on their festivals and things like that. And Rome would let them operate, but they weren't free. And that's the most dangerous prison that we can be in, right? The one where we have this false perception that we are free. And a lot of us live in that, right? We, we say we're good. And that's what they're saying. Here. They're saying we're Abraham's descendants. So we're good. And Jesus replies, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Jesus is not talking about being physically enslaved. He's talking about a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. Verse 36. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. I'm telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence, and you are doing what you have heard from your Father. So that last line really throws him for a loop. But I want to touch on something first. He he says, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Understand, Jesus is not talking about everybody who makes mistakes, which is everybody, you, me, the greatest person you know, besides Jesus, the most morally sound human being you know, makes mistakes every single day. When we become a slave to our sin is when we surrender to that sin. When we get into the mindset of, this is just how it's going to be. This is just how I am. Yeah, Or, I'm good. I don't need anything else. I'm, I'm good. On any given day, we're not good. We've got stuff to work on. So Jesus is saying that it's that habitual sin. It's that commitment to staying where you are. And he says, I'm telling you what I see in my father's presence. You're doing what you have heard from your father. So now they're questioning what he's talking about. And they come back and they say, Abraham is our father. And Jesus says, 
if you were Abraham's children, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you're looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your father. So Jesus is alluding to something here, and they just keep pushing back, and they say, we are not illegitimate children. They protested. The only father we have is God himself. Verse 42, Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. And isn't that true? Not just because he's Jesus. Now, of course, because he's Jesus, for I have come from God. But I think we can also take from this, right? If God were their father and they wanted to emulate their father, they would love everybody who came in front of them because God is love. But remember, they're in a time where the culture is different. The covenant is different. They, they think that they need to remain with the eye for eye, tooth for tooth. You know, love your neighbor, but hate your enemy. Jesus is changing all that. He's showing them the real heart of the father. And he says, if God were your father, you would love me for I've come from God. And everybody you meet today, believe it or not, comes from God. Everybody you meet today is a child of God. Verse 43 says, why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Wow. Offensive stuff here. You are of your father, the devil. Verse 45. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can you prove me guilty of any sin? If I tell if I'm telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you don't hear me is because you do not belong to God. Some low blows here. So we will continue with verse 48. So the Jews answered him, "Aren't we right in saying that you're a Samaritan and demon possessed?" I am not possessed by a demon, Jesus said, but I honor the Father and you dishonor me. I'm not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it and he is the judge. Verily, truly, I say to you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. And at this they exclaimed, now we know that you are demon possessed. Abraham died and so did the prophets. Yet you say that whoever obeys your word will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? So they are really getting ruffled up here. And Jesus replies, if I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and obey his word. Your father, Abraham, rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. Remember, God went to Abraham and told him that he would be the father of many nations. That he would be the father of many. And he told Abraham this at the time when he had no sons and no prospects of sons. The well was running dry with him and his wife, right? They were, they were beyond childbearing age. But God performed a miracle. So Abraham believed, even though they didn't, he didn't see 
He believed God's word before he saw it. Unlike these folks who should have known what God's word was pointing to the Messiah. And they're always asking Jesus, prove it, prove it, prove it. Show me what signs and wonders are you going to do today? Mr. Carpenter mocking him. But Jesus is saying, you're not like Abraham. This is different. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. He was able to see it in his heart. And God was manifesting the promises of Abraham through Jesus. The covenant he gave to Abraham was happening through Jesus. And then they're still not understanding. They say in verse 57, you are not yet 50 years old. And you have seen Abraham? Very truly I say to you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. And if you know anything about scripture, that's how God in Exodus revealed himself. He says, I am who I am. They knew exactly what he was talking about. And you know how we know? Because there's skeptics out there that want to say that Jesus never claimed to be God. This statement right here and their reaction is exactly proof that Jesus claimed to be God. And they understood. Why? Because in verse 59, at this, they picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. Intense stuff. Jesus bold with who he is. Challenging them where they are. Challenging them in their complacency. Challenging them in their traditions. And over the course of the next couple of chapters, we're going to see they dig into their traditions. And God is trying to reveal something new. But they remain complacent. They remain in a place where they say, I'm good. I'm good where I am and I don't need the new thing that you're doing in my life, God. I want to encourage you to search your heart. Allow God to search your heart. Are you in a position where you think like you're good? You Are you in a position where you feel like you've got all the answers and, and everything that you'll ever know? Or do you want to be in a place where you can grow? Do you want to be in a place of freedom? Remember, one of the most challenging prisons you can be in is one in which you believe that you're free. So I pray that you search your heart. This may be a little bit challenging this morning, but we search our hearts today about maybe some of the areas where we feel like we are entrenched in, where we say, I'm good, I don't need help. But deep down inside, we know that we need help. And when we ask God, when we surrender ourselves, not to our imperfections, not to what we think will just always be and we can't help, but when we surrender to the power of God and when we surrender to God's life, we actually achieve freedom because all the things that hold us back, we now have the strength and the courage and the wisdom to move those things out of the way, to move them out of the way. And at the end of what you can do, begins the infinite possibility of everything that God can do through your life. If you always want to be limited to what you can do, stay the course. But if you want to get outside of yourself and see the supernatural power of God in your life, then let him work in your life. Lean in and say, God, I may not have all the answers. I want your answers. So let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, anywhere where we may feel stuck, Anywhere we, where we may feel complacent with our lives, we want you to move through that. We want something new. Just tell God that today. Say, say, do something new in my life, God. Help me to move into a new direction, God. 
and he's faithful to show you a way. He is, the Bible says that his word is a lamp to your and my feet. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you, God. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio. You are listening to The 1% Christian. We're going to start John chapter 9 tomorrow. And I'm going to remind you, because we're going to head out of here, like, share, invite somebody to this next study. You never know when they get in front of God's word, it will change their life just like it's changing us each and every day. I love you guys, and I will see you tomorrow.